it, Power Rangers. Let's do it. Go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs> when you were young and your heart was an open book, you used to say, live and let live. You know you did, you know you did, you know you did. But if this ever changing world in which we live in, Makes you give in and cry Say live and let die Super Sentai Brothers, this is the very first bonus episode Episode of, 1. Episode 1 of Creature Royale. Creature Royale. I also like Monster Royale High School. I also liked You Only List Twice. That I liked, but I felt like we wanted there to be something about monsters in there. Right, because otherwise it could be literally any kind of list. Yeah. Alternately, we did just think about... Listen, we're already stealing this from our friends over at Ranger Danger. Correct. And there was a moment where we were like, you know, man, let's just not even do half measures. Let's just literally let's just call straight it. straight up call it the Ranger Danger Memorial... Like, what were we going to say? The uh, first Memorial Ranger Danger creature feature? Right. Yeah. Just literally use their name. So, we didn't, uh, guys, but uh, because, we thought of you. Because of respect and... It just felt too lazy. It just to be felt it was too lazy. <laughs> it's already pretty lazy, and that was it was too far. It was too far to be lazy. Uh, so, so here's what we're doing: is we are going to be looking at every monster from both Ghosty Sentai Die Ranger and Trojan Sentai Jetman. And eventually, when we get to the end of this list, uh, in theory, in theory, uh, which we will get to at some point, the end of this list. Uh, we will have been caught up, and then as we go into Season 3 with Cocker Ranger, at the end of the episode, we will determine where on the master list that monster goes. So this will be an ongoing thing, but we're kicking it off with some bonus episodes just to, to get caught up. Right. So we have a couple of elements that we are sort of vaguely considering right. when we're thinking about each monster. So the first element is just, how cool does this monster look? Because some of these monsters look super, super cool. And some of these monsters look just so dumb. Just the worst. So we're thinking about how cool does this monster look? We are thinking about memorability. Right. Like, like do we, if we're looking at the, because I'm looking at a giant list of monsters right now, and I don't remember some of these dudes. Like, a lot of them I do remember. But some of them, I asked you just before we started... I said, who is Heatwave Hood? I don't remember who Heatwave Hood is. And Okay, and here's another criteria. Is the quality of the episode that that monster was in. Episode Mm. or episodes. Yeah, that's good. Heatwave Hood is not the best. But Heatwave Hood's episode is amazing, which you will remember when we get to it. Okay. And I think we're also thinking about how successful was the monster. Like, ultimately, all the monsters die. Right. But some monsters go out like chumps. Right. And some monsters actually get a good fight in. 
And so... They've got some longevity. Some yeah. of them managed to, like, escape and fight another day. So we are going to be kind of considering that. And then I think we just are reserving an X factor. Yeah. Some monsters like, just have an X factor. Right. Like, listen, um, if we're just looking at success of plan, um, like, you know, General Kamikaze is unsuccessful. That's his whole thing. But when we're looking at X Factor, General Kamikaze is 10 out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely 10 out of 10. So X Factor might actually be the sort of Trump factor, I think. But let's the Duke just. Trump factor? The, oh my gosh, no. Remember that episode? So I did, actually. You will it in, was, uh, in just a few minutes. It was very strange. So let's just, let's just dive in. So actually, Matt, I'm looking at the list you put together, and it is not a chronological list. Um, I believe that it is. Is it really? Do we see Archbishop Saw that early on? Okay, so here's the thing. I, I went through the list, and we pulled all of the Die Ranger uh, Gola monsters. Yeah. Now, we do not include on this list yet the uh, the Goma Lieutenants. Okay. Um, Akamaru, Goma the 15th. Yeah, no, Any I Any of, am... like, the major plot characters... We're not dealing with. So yes. I affirm that. That's a really good call. They will go on the list, but we're going to wait until the end of Die Ranger to talk about those characters. Okay. No. Okay. Sounds awesome. Let's so we're going to start with Baron Spring. Oh, quick note. Um, once again, we are recording in the same room. Um, we have a very fancy microphone, but you're probably going to get some like background noise. We're sorry. There's nothing we can do about it. It's a bonus episode. It's a bonus episode. Just it's, be chill. Just right, be chill and be cool, cool man. and love your life. Okay, Dave. So, starting off, we have a classic. Baron String. Baron String. So, Baron String was the monster in the very first episode yep. of Die Ranger. Dave, what do you remember about Baron String? Here's what I remember about this stupid monster. <laughs> okay. What I remember about Baron String is that he's a giant knot. He's a knotted up tape measure, specifically. Yeah. He's a knotted up tape measure. With a cape. and a, With a cape. So here's two things I remember about Baron String. First of all, to their credit, Baron String could have been a lot worse than he was. Yes, there are some visual elements, let us say, of Baron of String. Baron String that were not done as creepily as they might have been. Here's the second thing I remember about Baron String is that this dude is a 6,000-year-old Goma monster that is using Arabic numerals on his body. Correct. And it just... If they had even used Japanese numerals, it would have been, like, more okay with me. Or, like, classic Chinese numerals, that would have been fine. But they're just using straight-up modern Arabic numerals on a 6,000-year-old monster. And I don't know why, but it really bugged me, and I thought it was dumb. Well, you know, it's one of those things that because it was the very first monster... It was before we had gotten used to the fact that there's no way that a lipstick monster should have existed 6,000 6, years ago. ago. But, so this was the first one that really stuck out like that, and I think it, it did suffer for it. Now, what is what are the rest of our criteria? So we got his look. It's not a bad look, honestly. Uh, it's not a bad look. Uh, but it's also a, a nonsensical look yeah. for a couple of reasons. So let's... Let's call his look dead even. He's pretty memorable, but I think that's largely just because he is the very first monster. And also, in the like his second go around, like chromo variant at the end yeah, of the yeah, last yeah. episode is not going to go on this list, guys, because he's not like a real, a real, a thing. real dude. But the sort of bookend nature of that monster within Die Ranger appearing in the first and last episode, yeah, um, I feel like does help it be very memorable. Yeah. So, it was a good episode, which where we sort of introduce all of our characters. His plan is not terribly successful. He just kind of fights them. He eats some children. That's and then, right. And then those children get free. Yeah. So, he doesn't even manage to beat, like, six children. Yeah. So, but by default, because he is the very first monster... He, right now, Baron is, number is number one, one on the list. Monster number two. Purse Monk. So, Tell me about Purse Monk, Matt. Dave, Purse Monk... I mean, Monk, I remember, but... Purse Monk was wonderful. Because when he was in his monster form... That's right! His head was like a coin purse that had like a red head inside of it that when the coin purse opened, that head would shoot out 
and hit you in the head, and then your head would be wearing that red face as a like a full head mask. The thing that I actually that is totally true, but the thing that I actually liked a lot more about Persmonk is that in his human form, yes, yeah, Persmonk. This is the best part about Purse Monk. Right. Purse Monk loves sweet dunks. Right. Purse Monk is an amazing basketball player. And so, and that carries over to his monster form. Like, that dude is throwing down sick dunks on people using his own, like, terrifying monster head mask. Yes. Now, I will say about Purse Monk, I don't know if you remember this, he does not seem to know what a slam dunk is. Oh, yeah, because he just says slam dunk after everything. Well, he just throws it and says slam dunk. Uh, yeah, so speaking, actually, hey, speaking of Slam Dunk, go Cavs! Yes. We're not even actually super basketball people, but guys, Cleveland blew up last night. It was super bad. So, I would say Purse Monk is definitely better than Baron Strings. Oh, 100%. Okay. Now, Purse, uh, I'm sorry, Baron Strings' plan, he had to kidnap people... Right. He had to uh, put them into a ritual, the Nidoro Budoro, if you recall. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which was like a weird dinner party that they were throwing as a, like... Welcome home thing for the rest of the Gorma or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was very strange. It was very strange. But cool. He did manage to kidnap the children. Of course, he did not manage to sacrifice them. Uh, right, which I think we can all be thankful for. But he for. did also manage to kidnap, um, um, what is her name? Man, I don't know who you're talking about. The Pink Ranger. Rin? Yes. Rin? Yeah. Oh, that's right, he does. He manages to get a mask on Rin, I forgot. Yeah. And he invites her to his creepy dinner. So his plan is definitely more successful. I think he looks cooler. Mm-hmm. Because he's got that crazy mask thing going on. He's and, got the sweet, sweet dunks. And he loves those sweet dunks. So Purse Monk is definitely better than Baron String. Yes. Okay. And that's a great Shoji episode. That is a good Shoji episode. I mean... Any Shoji right, episode you. is a good Shoji Any episode? Any Shoji episode is a good Shoji episode. But that is a good one. This is the one where Shoji is also rocky. That's right. I yeah. mean, he's always a little bit rocky. But... Let's... Who do we got next? Okay. after this? Coming up next, we got the Key Clown. Key Clown. Key Clown and Key Jester. Slash Key Jester. Same right. dude. This is the guy who has a key to every lock. Yes. And when we say a key to every lock, what we mean by that is also that there is a secret key compartment in your chest, and Key Clown can unlock that compartment and take out your soul. And your soul is like a little glowing ball. Yeah. It's a real weird moment. And then he can take that soul and put it into a doll or marionette and use those to attack people. Also, I think he gets around entirely on rollerblades. He's on rollerblades. He teleports through magic doors. He hangs out on the beach and drinks Mai Tais. Dude. Key Clown is amazing. Key Clown is a baller. Straight baller. Okay. So Uh, Key Clown is also... When we first watched this episode, I, I noted it afterwards, but I don't think I mentioned it while we were watching it, um, is that the Key Clown remind it seems like a weird monster sentai prototype of the Key Master from Matrix Reloaded. Well, yeah, there's some weird truth to that in a roundabout kind of way. We don't need to dwell on that that long, because we've got, <laughs> listen, we've got a lot of monsters, a lot to, get of monsters to get through. Okay, so that is the coolness of the monster. Uh, fresh look. He uses keys as weapons, and he's eventually defeated because... By his love for keys. Because, by his love for keys and his need to unlock doors. Because Daigo creates a phantom door using illusion mist, right? He uses his illusion magic to create a phantom door that, when unlocked, explodes. That's right! And then, yeah, Kikon blows himself up. So, Key Clown, definitely better than Baron String. Definitely better than Purse Monk. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I'm, I'm putting him at the top of the list, so, as it stands currently. All right. So, Key Clown, top of the list. Next, Lipstick Songstress. Okay, Dave. So, here's Lipstick Songstress' deal. <laughs> she uses mind-controlling lipstick to make a weird... Choir, yes, out of college girls that sings like a bizarre discordant song that messes with people, 
And it's Rin's friend that she grabs. Right. Who we never see again. And also Lipstick Songstress, I think, hates Rin. Because Rin is prettier than her? Um, is that it? There, There is some degree of that. Because at some point, Rin, like, cuts... Lipstick songs. That's right. And so there's and this whole scars her. angle, right? Which is sort of a precursor to much, much later in the show when Gara is scarred and is really upset about it. So lipstick songstress is one of my favorite of at least of the early monsters. Oh yeah, yeah. She's got it. Like I love her look. I love her like weird lip sword. Um, I love her rivalry with. Rin. Um, and also, she is the monster in the two-part special in which they get their um, uh, Kaiden beats. Oh, that is... Oh, that's right. No, I, actually, I did not remember. I totally forgot about that. But that is pretty awesome. I feel a little bit as though Lipstick Songstress is like the... Like, if Die Ranger is a video game... Like the like, Key Clown, Purse Monk, and Baron String are all like mini bosses. Okay, and Lipstick Songstress is the first boss. Actual, I dig that. I dig that. So Lipstick Songstress, she's got a cool look. She's got a weird lipstick tube head thing, and it looks like a tall headdress, which is pretty rad. It's like this awesome weird glam like thing going on. Yeah. She's got lipstick sticking out of her shoulders like spikes. Her sword is made out of lips. She's got some high thigh high boots. And I am just now noticing that she is wearing, like, some sort of, like, weird, low, super, super high-waisted, like, low-cut, like, bikini bottom thing? Which is a little bit strange. But it's under her weird, like, diagonal stripey thing that only goes down one leg. Yeah. It's a crazy look. And also her neck is super, super long, which well, I'm just Well, I mean, that's, that is just a function of the fact that, like... They need to right, have no, somewhere for the head. actor to yeah. look out of. Right. So, Lipstick Songstress looks super cool. Actually, if I recall correctly, is a pretty effective monster. Oh, yeah. Like, she they need, does... They need to find ancient giant robots to be able to beat her. Okay. So, definitely better than Baron String. Definitely better than Purse Monk. I'm going to put her above Key Clown. Man, I don't know. I like Key Clown a lot. That dude is stealing souls with, like, a magical key that opens your chest up like a doorway and using those souls to power marionettes. But Lipstick Songstress has an evil death choir of goth chicks. Key Clown rolls around exclusively on rollerblades. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Mark. Okay, uh, Mark, you gotta weigh in on this. Producer Mark is sitting in here, uh, live producing the show. Um, do you have a preference so we can tie break this? I do. I'm with Dave. I'm a big fan of Key Clown. The soul stealing thing is one of my favorite plots for probably the first third or half of of Die Ranger. Okay. Okay. So, right on. Key Clown at the top. Key Clown maintains that number one slot. Uh, Lipstick Songstress goes to number two. Next. Next. Now, in the next episode, we have two new monsters. Yes. Um, we're gonna talk about them sort of together, but they'll end up getting judged separately. So the first is Archbishop Saw. I think he's also listed as High Priest Saw, is that right? I forget. I mean, any of the names that we're gonna be saying here are dependent on the translation that we watched at the time. Versus or... what we found just now. Right. So, if these are not the names that you remember uh, from your watch through the show... It's fine. I'm willing to be corrected on it. It's not a big deal. But these are just the names we're using as we're talking about it. Okay. So Archbishop Saw starts off as, I think, like a, he's dressed like, I think it's a Shinto high priest? Like a Shinto priest? I think so. I, we did look it up at and one I, point. And I apologize that I don't remember, but he is dressed as some sort of, like, very explicitly religious figure. Right. And when he transforms, he has, like, a version of that. But also some weird Egyptian iconography. And he has two giant Japanese-style draw saws that he uses. Like, mm-hmm. one in each hand that he attacks dudes with. He's he's pretty rad. He is pretty rad. The thing about Iron... I'm sorry. The thing about um, Archbishop Saw is that he operates as kind of like the Emperor. Like the Star Wars Emperor Palpatine. To the other character from these episodes, 
um, who is turns out to be Ryu's father. Yes. He is either referred to as Iron Mask or Iron Face. Yeah. Um, who is this awesome dude in, like, black samurai armor with this radical, like, iron face mask. Um, and he is Dire Ranger's Darth Vader. Yes. I mean, okay. I, like, he's, listen. He he's does, Darth Vader, man. Right. Just straight up, he's Ryu's dad. Ryu didn't know it. He was good. He turned to the dark side. He repents at the end of his life and saves his son, Ryu, who is a good guy, from evil lightning. Like, the dude is Darth Vader. Right. It is, and he looks super rad. Yes. Now, based on strength of look, I want to put him pretty high. Dude. Oh, Iron Mask? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, I think, looks as cool as Iron Mask. That guy looks friggin' awesome. He does look good. So, but wait. Let's let's consider so Archbishop see, Saw first. Okay. But let's think about Archbishop Saw. Did we really hit those dudes that early on? They're pretty early. Those are episodes like 7 and 8, I think. Man, I think of those guys as being like halfway through this whole series. But, I mean, I'm clearly not. But, so Archbishop Saw, he is pretty powerful. Yeah. His human look is... I'm not going to comment on his human look because it's like a real thing. Like, it's an people. actual, like, so religious like, garb. Yeah. So that is his look is his look. But his monster look is... It's alright. It's fine. Like, it's not amazing. I like that he uses giant Japanese handsaw, like draw saws, like those are pretty neat. But aside from that, he's, he doesn't have a whole lot cool going on. So he does use force lightning, which is pretty rad, and his plan is pretty successful. Yeah, but honestly, his plan is to just bring Iron Mask, like, to a spot and let him do a thing. Well, yeah, you that's know? true. Okay, that's a good point. I feel as point. though if we had seen Archbishop Saw... In whatever prequel series, like if they ever make like the Phantom Menace of of Die Ranger, Ranger, and it's all about like the Iron Mask falling to the dark side and like coming under the tutelage of Archbishop Saw, that I think Archbishop Saw would have ranked higher. But in this, he just kind of in this, he's just kind of in the background, and he is the dude that. Iron Mask slash Iron Face. I think I'm using both of those interchangeably. It doesn't matter. Um, defeats as part of his redemption arc. Okay, so better than Baron String, <laughs> I would say. He just, I think he looks cooler than Baron String, at the very least. He could take Baron String in a street fight. He's not as memorable as Baron String. Okay, that's true. Man, is Archbishop Saw at the bottom? Yeah, Archbishop, Archbishop Saw might be at the bottom. Yeah, sorry, dude. Sorry, Archbishop Saw, you're out. You just suck. Yeah, okay, so Iron Mask. Let's talk about Iron Mask. Iron Mask is amazing. This dude is Darth Vader. He's Samurai Darth Vader. Yeah, he's Samurai Darth Vader with magic from 6,000 years in the past. Yeah, he's... Yeah, dude, that guy's right as hell. So, definitely better than Archbishop Saw. Definitely better than Baron String. Better than Purse Monk. Better than Lipstick Songstress? Ah... Uh... I really liked Lipstick, Lipstick Songstress. I will say those episodes with Iron Mask. Those are super strong episodes. Yeah, that is a real, real... Let's put him... How would you feel about putting him between Lipstick Songstress and Purse Monk? Because he's definitely better than Purse Monk. Definitely better than Purse Monk. Do you think he's better than Lipstick Songstress? I think he's better than Lipstick Songstress just on the strength of his episodes. Like his episodes are so, there's episodes they're of Star really good. Wars, and man. Plus, listen, if we're going, if we're throwing in the X Factor, he is Ryu's dad. He's Ryu's dad. That I doesn't think... come up nearly enough later on in the series, right? Okay, so is he better than Key Clown? Um. Okay, here's why I'm gonna say. Here's why I'm gonna say maybe not. And actually, maybe we can put him underneath underneath Lipstick Songstress. Because Iron Mask does not actually end up as a monster, and in fact does not actually have a monster form. That's true. Dude he never has. He, is, he has an armor form, or like he has armor, but the dude never actually turns into a monster. Which really, I mean, it makes sense, because he's not a Goma. Right. He's from the Die Tribe. Exactly. So I would say, underneath Lipstick Sonstress. Okay, let's do it. Okay. So next... The Duke Trump. Now, the Duke Trump is not from an episode of Die Ranger. So if you were watching it on the new Shout Factory DVDs, I don't think you've seen this guy. Dude. But Duke Trump was... He was in the Die Ranger movie, which we did an episode for. 
this weird bananas clown. What? Okay, so just Dave, can you do you remember? Can you give me a brief recap of the Die Ranger movie? So real quickly, Duke Trump. Duke Trump looks like. Man, am I going to say this? Yeah, Duke Trump looks like Japanese pedophile Willy Wonka. That's what's going on. That is this dude's look. All right. That is true. That is true. I Those just... words that you said are true. Listen, man. I wish we could say... It doesn't make me comfortable either. That were not those words. I wasn't happy about it when we were watching it. But that is that dude's look. Like, if you picture the thing that I just said, you will be picturing Duke Trump. Like, you just will. Or at least, like, a very close approximation. You're not going to be too far off. Yeah. So... Mix in, like, a weird Sergeant Pepper's jacket and you yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. I forgot about... That's a really good point. Now that I... That was from memory, but now that I'm looking at him, that dude is absolutely wearing a weird Sergeant Pepper's jacket. So, his plan is that he turns children into playing cards, like living playing cards, and then he collects them in a deck... Now, do not forget the brief, like, like middle period where the children are like children-sized playing cards. Oh yeah, they're in like a, they're in like elementary school playing card play costumes. Right. Eventually, they turn into like actual playing cards, but for a while, they're just like weird card people. Yeah, and then so he is. I forget exactly what he does. He turns them into cards. And he does a bunch of stuff with the playing cards. Like, he throws them at the Giant Rangers, and he, I think, summons monsters with them. Is that right? He summons, yeah. like, old monsters they've already fought. Yeah, what it is, is he summons the first, like, four or five monsters that then combine into one, like, mega monster. Where, like, oh, that's right. Like, one of its arms is Key Clown, and one of its arms is like purse monks like monk heads. yes 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 um that thing which i forgot to put on the list is amazing okay here's one of the things that i super love actually about duke trump duke trump's monster form is super imaginative and awesome because what it is and i thank you mark for pulling up a picture because i had forgotten about it what it is is its legs and then but his whole torso is shaped like a hand that is itself holding like a giant hand of playing cards, and his face is one of the faces on the playing cards. It's a real neat monster look, and it, like, and it's all sort of coming out of his like waist area, which is an upside down top hat. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's what's going on there. It's, so it's awesome. So Duke Trump. Let's pull this list up. Duke Trump. Let's just skip. He's obviously better than Purse Monk. Right. Okay. So, better than Iron Mask? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, not better than Iron Mask. Man, I... Iron Mask's episodes are so good. That's the thing, is Iron Mask is going to be tough to beat just on the strength of those episodes. Yeah, man, like, the power of, like, those Star Wars episodes of the early Die Ranger is... Man, like, that's really throwing the rest of this ranking for a curve. It's throwing it for so much of a curve that I almost want to kind of take Iron Mask out of this ranking. He's already on the list, Dave. But he's already on the list. He's already on the list. Okay. The list list is inviolate. So, Duke Trump, not as good as Iron Mask. Yes. Right? All right. Mirror Master. So, the Mirror Master is... The Mirror Master is kind of cool. He, like, waits... He lurks inside of mirrors, and then when people are admiring themselves in mirrors, he, like, feeds on their vanity and consumes them into his mirror-like dimension. Yes! He's also super sexist. Yes. Uh, He is... I mean, that is just one of the reasons he is a bad person, but it is a notable one. Yeah, because... It it, it puts him over the tipping point, from just, like, villain to creepo. Because he is absorbing ladies... As they are staring into the mirror. And then at one point, there's a very vain dude who is checking himself out in Mirror Master. Unbeknownst to the dude, is checking himself out in Mirror Master and gets absorbed. I think before Mirror Master, he just like, mmm, mmm, oh, that delicious vanity. Get in my mouth. But then it's a dude and he's like, bleh, and he like pukes him out. Yeah. It's a very odd, it's a weird moment. 
It is. It's a weird moment for the show and a bad moment for that character. That's going to hurt him in the rankings, Dave. It is. Now, what is going to help him in the rankings is if we're talking about success of plan. Now, this plan took place before the beginning of the show. Right. So we, we can't give it full points. But this is the dude that had consumed Kujiku and oh, that's kept her right. in like an extra dimensional prison for 6,000 years. So he is super successful and I think he looks really cool. It's a great look. If nothing else, he is going to rank higher than the uh, the mirror monster in Jetman. Yeah, well, because that mirror monster is terrible. That's like a real stupid monster. Yeah. Okay, so mirror master. Better than Archbishop Straw. Better than better than Duke Trump? I say better than Duke Trump. Better than Duke Trump. He looks cooler than Duke Trump. His plan is more successful. He imprisons Kujaku for like a gajillion years. 6,000, but sure. 6,000 years. Better than Iron Mask? I don't think he's better than Iron no, Mask. I don't think he is. Not better than Iron Mask. Dude, Iron Mask is proving a tough person tough, to beat. Tough to get over that third slot hump. Yeah. Okay. Okay, what do we got up next on the list, Mark? So, Magnet Priest, right? Okay. This okay. is from the episode Gauss with a Magnet. This yes. episode is great because they beat him. Okay, so he manages to magnetize all of the Die Rangers, which means that they are either attracted or repelled from each other. Yes. Right? And eventually, they are all repelled from each other. And Shoji uses this as a way to use all four of the other Die Rangers it's as a, a human railgun. It's a human railgun. To it's, super punch this dude. It's amazing. Okay, so Magnet Priest, he weirds me out because he's a priest. Like, he's wearing, like, a clerical collar and stuff, and that's very strange to me. Which, again, honestly, it only bothers me because, when, like we said earlier, this stuff is from 6,000 years ago. And yes! he's very clearly, like, a Catholic priest. Right! Like, there he is, is no reason for him to have done that. He is a couple thousand years out of order. Yes. Uh, his monster look is kind of cool. He's got a giant magnet head. But his body is made up of Gaussian magnet lines, so that's kind of neat. Mm -hmm. And he does have a... He's got this magnet staff that he uses to apply charges to people. So, here's the deal. He looks kind of cool in his monster form. But his human form is unsettling and weird and dumb to me. Okay. His plan is actually reverse successful. Like, his plan to magnetize the Die Rangers is what they... Like, they use this dude's power against him to punch him so hard. Just the hardest. So, I would say he's actually the... He's, he's the worst monster so far. He's reverse successful. The thing that he does to mess them up... Listen, I... You know, he's got a great look and I love his episode, but you're right. His success is... Is so bad. It's so far into the negative that, that you can't, can't... I can't give it to him. can't give it to him. He's got to go in last place. At least Archbishop Saw had some success at some point in the past. Right, yeah. Father Magnet has got... Or Magnet Priest, whatever. He's got nothing going on. Oh! Okay, Producer Mark has just noted that we forgot about the Cherry Blossom Viscount. Okay. Now, Dave, I'm looking at the Cherry Blossom Viscount... And I gotta tell you that he is gonna rank pretty low for me. I think I can tell you why. You know why? Because I'm looking at this dude. Because we forgot about Cherry Blossom Viscount. I'm, I'm looking at him now, and I literally <laughs> remember nothing about this episode. Oh, wait a minute. Did he throw, like, phantasmal Cherry Blossom petals and make people go, like, kind of crazy? Yeah, but I don't remember what the point of that was. Yeah. All right. Cherry Blossom Viscount. Yeah, he's... Okay. He, he looks cool. I'll tell you, here's what he's got going for him. He looks cool. He's like... He's like a cherry blossom tree dude. And he's got like a sweet waistcoat. And his coat is made out of the trunk of the tree. Which is pretty neat. It's a good look. I'll give that to him. But if we forgot about this guy... And I'll be honest, Dave. I, I was helping... I, did. I was helping make this list earlier. 
and I saw that guy while making the list. Between then and now, I forgot about him again. Okay, so Cherry Blossom Viscount, not going to be high. I think he's still better than Magnet Priest, because Magnet Priest literally gets... He gets beat with his own power. Because the Magnet guy got beaten with Magnets. Yeah, that's... that's going to be hard to beat. That's going to be hard to got <laughs> drop below. So Cherry Blossom Viscount is at least better than Magnet Priest. Because he was not murdered with Cherry Blossoms. Right. <laughs> or honestly... Maybe he was. <laughs> okay, but even if he was, I don't remember it at least. Right. He didn't get the dire he didn't let the Dire Rangers turn themselves into a human railgun <laughs> to launch Shoji at them. So on that level, at least he beats he beats uh Is that the episode where he started calling himself Bullet Shoji? The Warrior of Love? No. Because if it's not, it really ought to have it been. It ought to have been, but Because no. he was a literal human bullet. No, he calls himself that, I think, maybe the second time we see him. <laughs> he Man, just... Shoji was the best. I love Shoji. So, Matt, who is next? Uh, is... Dave, next, we got a good one. We've got the Tofu Hermit. This is the guy... This is the Drunk Tofu guy, right? This is the Drunk Tofu guy. This okay. is the Kazu episode. Oh, that's right, because Kazu does Drunken Fist Boxing, yes. and this guy also does, and they have a contest. Yeah. So, the quick version of this is that I'm not sure why Tofu Monk is drunk. I don't know if, like, drunk tofu is a thing. It might be. I know there's, like, a bunch of versions of tofu. I don't know. You know, some of the questions that we're asking now sound like questions that we asked last year, and I know that we looked up the answers to some of them. Well... And- and I am willing to bet that if we went back and listened, we would find out what it is. That sounds, Matt, like a lot of work. Yeah. I'm not no. doing that. Listen, I've already listened to all of our episodes. Some of them, I'm going to be honest, twice. I have not listened to all of our episodes. I listen to a lot of them. I listen to a lot of them because I want to see, you know, I'm like looking for those pointers. I'm like, wow, where could I have been better? Where could I have been maybe funnier? Where could I have thrown in... Throwing in more goofs. Uh, so desperately, I, I, desperately trying to maximize that goof real estate. Yeah, desperately. So, Tofu Hermit. Yes. This is, like we said, this is a Kazu episode. And in this episode, we also find out that Kazu, that dude, loves tofu. Loves like, it. Like, this is a dude with very considered opinions on tofu. So, what happens in this episode is that if we're talking about the plan, and so far as I recall, the plan of the Tofu Hermit is to just get a bunch of people drunk. That's his whole plan. Because he runs around town and he has this little horn that he blows. Which, which is like, we, did, we did look that up. Yes. That, that is like the Tofu Sellers thing. Like right. Ice cream men have the jingle, Tofu Sellers have this weird horn. And so he would blow the horn at people and it would make them instantly drunk. And that's it. That's it, is that he would get people drunk, and then they would be drunk. And then, like, their like their families would fall apart, I think? I Yeah, maybe, man. His plan is not actually super memorable, other than what he was doing to people. But, it's a great episode. It is a super cool episode. Uh, he challenges Kazu to a drinking contest. Yup. Which Kazu wins through trickery. Yes. Not actually through uh, drinking prowess. And he does... Which is probably a good lesson for children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he also challenges Kazu to a drunken fist boxing match, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, dude. It's... There are a lot of things to recommend this dude and this episode. But his actual plan is really... He doesn't even have a plan. His plan is just get some dudes drunk. That could be seen as a benefit, depending on who you're talking about. Yeah, and listen... You may be listening to this and like. Thinking, listen, if I was going to say, if Tofu Hermit was rolling around on a Friday night, he wouldn't even be a Goma monster. He would be a party monster, right? So, okay, still better than Father Magnet, sure, definitely better than Cherry Blossom Viscount, absolutely. Uh, Archbishop Saw. I'm just going to list these off. You tell I'm, me when to stop. I- I'm looking up somewhere in the Duke Trump Purse Monk territory. Yeah, okay. I would say better than Purse Monk. Nah, I don't know. Hold up. Mm, no, not as good as Purse Monk. Okay, Purse Monk because Purse Monk actually has a definitive plan to like ruin people. 
He's like throwing possessing masks on their head and doing a weird ritualized formal dinner thing called the Nidurubuduru. And he's going to sacrifice someone to bring the Goma back. Tofu monster, to- tofu hermit is just a party animal. That, that dude just likes to drink. That's not a Goma monster. That's like, like, okay, you're right. He's not a Goma monster. He is at worst, like, your jerk friend from college. Exactly. Who, like, will not stop trying to hand you beer. (laughs) (laughs) I've been that dude. I have been that friend. We've all been that. No, we haven't all been that friend. Right. But I have been that friend. So, Tofu Hermit, not as good as Purse Monk. As much as I like him on a personal level, as a monster, he's kind of a doofus. So, next up. We have Kabuki Boy. Kabuki Boy is amazing. Kabuki Boy is so good. So Kabuki Boy, in you actually don't see his fo- actual form very much, which is cool looking. He just he's just a giant Kabuki. He's just a giant caricature of a Kabuki actor. Right. And Kabuki actors look really cool. <laughs> they do. Now, what's weird about this dude is that in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode, when they use this footage, uh-huh. it's very strange because he is an alien called the Bukala. And at some point, I think I think I'm remembering correctly, uh, he is the Bukala. And so what Kabuki Kid does is throughout the course of a two-episode arc, his deal is that he possesses things. Yes. He will jump inside of a cop, and then that cop will have like, a kabuki mask and a big wig, and then it's very clearly, like, the cop is now... Kabuki Boy. Kabuki Boy. But Kabuki Boy is jumping in all sorts of things, and Kabuki Boy's plan might be the best plan up to this point in the show. Uh, yeah, it is. It definitely is. Well, okay, as part of this plan, we re- if you recall, he has kidnapped Rin's grandfather's fiancé. Yes, Rin's grandfather is the dude like, who makes all of their gear. He is their cue. He's also like an octogenarian, and his fiance is 25? Yeah, good for that dude. He's a it's, baller. It's, it is... I mean, it's a weird moment. It is a weird note in the epi- in an otherwise very cool series of episodes. Another weird moment in those episodes? Do you remember when her uncle was just like, yeah, you need to kill that human that is being possessed by... A oh, yeah, kid. yeah. Uncle, I can't remember the guy's name, but uncle is... Is it uncle, grandpa? I forget. They, I feel like they switch it up. I, but that dude is ruthless. So I like him a lot. I also really like Kabuki Boy because at the end of the episode, Kabuki Boy... Possesses a giant battle robot. And that battle robot then has the giant Kabuki mask and wig. So his plan, which I had mentioned in passing earlier, is what Kabuki Boy does is he kidnaps all of these great fighters and he keeps them tied up places. And so he'll go fight the Die Rangers, and if they're beating them, him rather, he will run away to where he has the world's greatest boxer tied up. And then he'll jump inside the amazing boxer. And then he'll be able to fight again using those boxing skills. And eventually, as you say, it escalates to the point where he gets inside a giant battle robot, which in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is called Weldo, and Weldo is terrible. But in Die Die Ranger, Ranger, like, it's the battle robot possessed by a kabuki monster, and that dude rules. Yeah, so let's take a quick look at our list here. So I'm looking up, dude, I'm looking up in Iron Mask territory. I Yeah, somewhere somewhere between Lipstick Songstress, Iron Mask, and Mirror Master. Okay, I'm thinking Kabuki Boy, man. You know what? I'm going to say Kabuki Boy is better than Iron Mask. I think he is. Because this is the one of the first times we're getting to a series of episodes that I like as much as yes. that two-parter with Iron Mask. He possesses a giant battle bot. He's got a great hook. He's got a great hook. He's got a great look. Is he, in fact, also better than Lipstick Songstress? Um... I say yes. I think he's better than Lipstick Songstress. I like Lipstick Songstress more than you do. Clearly. I feel like this is becoming a... A sticking point as we create our list. Um, uh, Mark, do you have a, do you have a weigh in on this? 
I do. I like Kabuki Boy. Better look, cooler monster, better plan, better episodes. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, Lipstick Songstress, down to number three. Who do we got next? Oh. Oh, here we go. Here are our best friends, guys. Here are our best friends. So, here's what we're going to do. We are now hitting the Three Stooges. Uh, If... If you are somehow new to the show and have listened this far and did not watch Die Ranger, guys, uh, go back, guys, go back and watch these episodes. You have to. If you can watch all three, if you can't, if you just absolutely cannot do it, just watch. What was the title of the third one? Uh, Farewell, the Three Stooges. Farewell, the Three Although Stooges. Although I feel like Farewell, the Three Stooges really works best if you've seen. Yeah, the I was going to say you should watch the other one because it builds. Listen, we reviewed this episode. Our friends over at Ranger Danger have reviewed this episode. It's one of the greatest episodes of Farewell, the Three Stooges. Is one of the greatest episodes of television I've ever seen. Just flat, like without without qualification. It's just one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. Yeah. It's it's just, it's a beautiful triumph. Okay, so let's... It's so good. I actually have a proposal. I don't think we can put these dudes on the list. Wait, hold on a second. Here's, okay, hear me out, and I'm not tied to this. I'm not tied to this, but hear me out. They don't... They're not monsters. They're not monsters, man. Okay, listen. I I take your point. The Three Stooges aren't monsters. And also, Farewell the Three Stooges is so much better (laughs) than anything else that we have seen in Die Ranger. That if we put them on the list, everybody else... First of all, we have to put them on the list as a unit. Sure. But if we put them on the list... The rest of this is just going to be fighting for second place. Yeah. Because they're... But Dave, that's because they're the best. And if they're the best, they belong. They deserve to be number one on the list. All right. Okay. So... Okay, so before we put them at number one on the list, why don't we talk about these guys for a second? Because we've, we've talked about how good the episodes are. But let's actually, in case you are still somehow unfamiliar with them, let's tell you about the Three Stooges. So, there are obviously three of them. The first is Telephone Teacher. And Telephone Teacher is a telephone person. She's like an anthropomorphic telephone. And she also has telephonokinesis or something. She has vaguely defined telephone superpowers. Yeah. She which, can... Re- like, recalling that this show is from, what, 1993? Something like that, yeah. Like, imagine... First of all, imagine if she was the telephone teacher a few years later when, like, dial-up internet was all the rage. Whoa! What a the world. Crazy. Yeah. But she can, like, spy on you through your telephone. She can communicate through all telephones. She can also just do stuff like telephones that shoot water for yeah. kind of no reason. She can, like, generate telephone cords and do things with them. Oh, by the way, for our younger listeners, telephones used to have cords. They were, like, these windy-up things. Oh, yeah, real, real crazy. You had to, um, you were tethered. You had to stay within, like, a particular range because the wire only stretched so far. It was a dark time. So, there's uh, Telephone Teacher. No, Dave, you have forgotten one of the most most important things about Telephone Teacher, Dave. What? Is that Telephone Teacher is also, in her professional wrestling persona, Cutie Pink. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot because about Telephone Because in Pink. Farewell the Three Stooges, part of the three trials that Shoji has to go through is that he has to beat Telephone Teacher... In a wrestling match. A professional wrestling match. Uh, she makes a ring, a wrestling ring. The ring ropes are telephone cords. Yep. Um, it's amazing. Okay, so we've got Telephone Teacher, Company President Tombstone. Yes. Which, by the way, let's just repeat, his name is Company President Tombstone. Yeah. He has a tombstone for a head, but the tombstone is also, I think, like a Zippo lighter, because it flips open, and inside of it is a giant... Later, a giant zippo letter. Basically, now which he can also use as a flamethrower. Right now, occasionally he pops open his head, and there are different things inside. Yeah, it's one usually time a there lighter. was there was like a like a fortune telling vending machine. Mm-hmm. I think. Yep, that absolutely happened. And then there was there was one other thing, but I don't remember what it was. And then their sort of general 
There's sort of leader, I guess. Well, I mean, general, yes, he is the general. He yeah. is General Kamikaze. So, general Kamikaze is a motorcycle monster who rides another motorcycle. It raises a lot of questions. So, General Kamikaze is the leader. He is also the best of the three of them, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we need to rank these guys as a unit, but we should also rank them within With, the three it, stooges. Okay. So, within the three stooges... General Kamikaze is obviously the top. But, uh, I... Okay. I love Comedy President Tombstone Mm -hmm. because I love his name. Yes. I also love that for some reason his head is a gravestone, which is also a flip-open lighter. Right. However, he does not have a super awesome pro wrestling name. Yes. Which Uh, hurts him. Right. I mean, he he did some sumo wrestling. He did. Which was great. It was. Uh, But I think that... Because of her separate persona as Cutie Pink, Teacher Telephone takes that second slot. Okay, so it goes General Kamikaze, Telephone Teacher, Company President Tombstone. Yes. Right? Okay. They, in that order, are, as a unit, as the Three Stooges, number one on the list. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, like, all, like, that one episode, the Farewell of the Three Stooges is the best, but prior to that, all they do... And this is this, like, honestly, their plans are kind of successful until they eventually fall apart. And the last plan would have been completely successful if it were not for the fact that they are good-hearted monster people. Right. Who come around to have, like, this whole redemption arc. Guys, you've got to watch this TV show. Um, But early on, the first two episodes are they challenge the Dire Rangers to a soccer game. Yep. And they challenge them to a baseball game. Both with... Explosions. Yeah, both of explosions. I think at one point, the, I think the soccer ball is exploding. Uh, the, the goal explodes. That's right. The goal explodes. And then the baseball helmets have dynamite strapped to them. Right. And whoever, and whoever loses, their head would explode. Right. Because of, yeah, baseball helmet dynamite. Uh, and there's this great relationship between them and Shoji. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It's uh, so good. Like, 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 we shouldn't just keep getting into it, but it's amazing. Right. It was a contest between men, Dave. Oh my gosh. Uh, ah, that episode is so good. Okay, so. Okay, so those dudes are at the top of the list. Yes. Just without question. And I think at this point, I we just have to acknowledge that everybody else almost definitely is just fighting for second Hey, place. man. Who knows? Who knows? We got a lot of monsters to go. So, next. Funeral figurine ventriloquist? Oh, Okay. I did not remember that dude's name, but as soon as you showed me a picture of him, producer Mark, thank you, I remember what's going on here. Funeral figurine ventriloquist is pretty cool. Here's the reason why. He throws a giant fake out. Yes. Because what it looks like is that he he has a puppet. Like, he right. has a ventriloquist's puppet. It's, it's that switcheroo from... Uh, the old episode of the Alfred Hitchcock show. Right. Where you think that there is a human-sized person who has a puppet, but it turns out to be, like, a living puppet that also has a human that is a puppet. Yes. By the way, that episode of that show terrified me for, I'm gonna say, seven years. Oh, yeah. oh the Alfred Hitchcock show? Yeah. Yeah, that was deeply disconcerting. Because what happens is you find out the ventriloquist is dead... And then somebody goes into his room, and the ventriloquist dummy just turns and looks at the camera and starts talking. And I was, I don't know, maybe six or seven, and probably not old should enough. Yeah, probably should not have been watching the Alfred Hitchcock show, but it was. Ah, so. Also, very similar to the ventriloquist, the Batman villain. Yes, except the ventriloquist, the Batman villain, the dummy is in fact the dummy. Right? Yes, I think, at least until Blackest Night, but we don't need to talk about that. Let's please never talk about it. <laughs> So, so it's the same thing here. There's a large monster with a small monster. It turns out that the small monster is the real one, and the large one is basically a fake-out. It keeps getting destroyed and rebuilt throughout the course of the episode. Yes. So, he looks kind of cool. Like, he does look amazing. Eh. You know, I'll tell you what. If that was what the, like, minions look... Pardon me. I'm trying to take that again. I was bourbon. I'll tell you what, Dave. If that look had been used for, like, the putties, it's a great oh, look. Oh, man. It's a great look. But it as, is, which but like, I think actually hurts him as a monster. Right. Because he, he looks like a very fancy minion. 
Right. He doesn't really stick out as a monster. Okay. So I feel like we've got to kind of dock him points for that. So, let's see. Honestly, the episode, other than the existence of the twist, I barely remember. Yeah, me neither. What is Mark saying? He turns children into stones. Oh, yeah, that's a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I am currently reading a synopsis of the plot of that episode. And I and still I, totally I don't still remember still don't it. quite remember it. Okay, so... Let's, let's look near the bottom of the list. Yeah. Still better than Father Magnet. And I'm going to put him above Cherry Blossom Viscount. His look is not nearly as good, but he does have the He's twist. got a cool hook. And I feel like that gives him some points. Yeah, so not better than Archbishop Saw. Nah. Okay, so... Funeral figurine ventriloquist, which is a mouthful, down down to the bottom there. Okay, now coming up next, we have another threefer. Yes, uh, we have the three priestesses: the necklace priestess, earring, the priestess. earring priestess, and the ring priestess. Now they are sisters. Yes, and they operate as a unit, and they are the second in command. Well. Second, third, and fourth in command. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, who... Well, yeah, I don't care. They are, like, the special helpers for Akamaru when Akamaru shows up. Yep. Now, Akamaru, we're going to talk about the lieutenants and Akamaru and Goma the 15th at the end... When we get to the end of the Dire Ranger stuff. But these three, they were in... I was looking at the list earlier today. They were in, like, four or five episodes in a row. Yeah, they were around for, like, a while. I mean, there's some attrition where I think, uh... Is it Earring Priestess dies? Earring Priestess dies first, and then Necklace Priestess dies. And, and then, then yeah. Ring Priestess is able to summon their spirits back so to make, like, a weird amalgam monster. Yeah. Uh, it's something like that. I, it's I don't weird. Now, I will... I'll give them points for, like, the three-person... Like, theme. I think it's cool. That was neat. Uh, I'll give them points for... But the theme was dumb. The theme was jewelry. Jewelry's fine. Jewelry's not any dumber than anything else. I don't know, man. Alright, so anyway, Dude, Lipstick Songstress is number three on our list. Alright, fair enough. Maybe four now. Fair enough. Possibly fair five enough. now. But, like, if we are if we are judging based on that, then this list is going to get out of whack real quick. <laughs> uh, they were super effective. Uh, or at least were effective for a while. Yeah. Um, eventually, because this is also when Ko is introduced to the show, and when Wong Tiger is introduced That's to right. the show. Yeah, Ko. And so by the time of like these four or five episodes that they are in is over, you know, Akamaru is in the show, Ko is in the show, as the White Ranger, Wong, Wong Tiger is there. around, we yep. get... Like, this is a real turning point of the series. Yes, So definitely. even though these three, by themselves, like, they don't have any plans themselves because they are effectively minions, like, uh-huh. high-level minions. Um, and Earring Priestess does have giant ears, which kind of creeps me out. It's very odd-looking. Yeah. I'm going to give them a decent ranking just on the fact that they managed to survive a bunch of episodes in a row and therefore rank really high in the memorability factor. Okay. So, let's I'm see. I'm looking somewhere near the middle of the list. Because I don't love them. I don't love them. Better than Tofu Hermit. Better than okay. Curse Monk. I would say. Better than Duke Trump. But not better than Not Iron better Mask. than Iron Mask. So, the three of them together are underneath Iron Mask. Of the three of them, who's the best? Honestly, I kind of feel like I want to rank them in, like, order of how long they stayed alive. Okay, so I'm the cool ring priestess that. stayed alive the longest. The necklace priestess stayed alive the middlest, and the earring priestess died almost immediately. Yeah, the only thing I will say about that is I think necklace priestess priestess looked a lot cooler. She did. She looks like she actually looks pretty rad. Ring Priestess... She has a weirdly whole... giant neck, but yeah. I guess that's to be expected. Ring Priestess, her torso is just a giant fist hand. Which is kind of cool. 
Well, actually, her face is a ring on that giant fist hand. Now, that's cool. Honestly, you know what? Until we were doing this right now, I did not notice that her face was a ring on that fist torso. You know, I didn't either, but... Uh, but now that I'm looking at it... It I actually am, is pretty rare. I am really into it. Okay, so ring priestess, necklace priestess, earring priestess. In that order. That, in that order. Above Duke Trump, underneath Iron Mask. Yes. Bam. Done. Into it. Okay, Dave. Now, we had mentioned earlier in the episode... That you would, or maybe it was before we started recording, that you saw the list and looked at the name Heatwave Hood and did not remember who it is. And Dave, let me remind you who Heatwave Hood is. Heatwave Hood is the guy whose stomach is a hell dimension that Daigo has to punch his way out of. Oh, I thought that was um, Pot Taoist. No, or... Pot Taoist is the guy that Ryo has to super trained with his weird spring costume That's in order to, to be able to learn yes. how to punch hard yes, enough yes, to yes. break his pot body. Okay, no. Heatwave Hood... Heatwave Hood himself is not amazing. Dude, well, Heatwave Hood rides a horse. He rides a horse, and he actually does look pretty dang cool. He's like a weird stove, like he's a wood stove that is also a samurai, maybe? Not a yeah. samurai. Something? I'm not totally sure. Samurai adjacent. Yeah, that works. I mean, okay, never mind. It wouldn't be samurai, because samurai is Japanese, and the whole theme of this show is Chinese. Right. Uh, So, I don't know what this dude is. He's got some cool robes. His stomach is like the vent chest of the stove. Of a giant wood pot-bellied stove. He's got this big fan, I'm sorry, hood, that goes over his face, because he has hooded uh, heatwave hood. Uh, that when he lifts up, his face is just like a maw of flame that shoots That's, out. Yeah. Like, this dude is Jonathan Starsmore. That's... A.K.A. Chamber. Right, now I was there with you. Yeah. Okay, now, I didn't remember. He should have had a better name. Yeah, I he, think is the problem. He's got a bad name. This dude needed a better name because he is pretty friggin' rad. So. And plus, that episode. Is so good. Where Daigo and. Just rage Kujiku, punches his way out Daigo of Daigo and Ch- Kujiku are stuck in this hell dimension. And Daigo punches his fists bloody getting out of it. Oh man. So, okay. So he looks real cool. Yes. Sadly, his name isn't memorable, but he himself is. Right. Like, once I saw him, I was like, oh, that dude. Successive plan, he's pretty successful. Yeah. I mean, he manages to put one of the Die Rangers and a Peacock Buddha, Buddha goddess, goddess thing. Uh, in a Hell Dimension. Yup. Quality of episode. Out of this world. Super high. I'm looking high on this list, man. Yeah. Uh, I am looking Key Clown Kabuki Notice Territory. I think... Okay. I, wait, Although that's, that's number two and three. I don't know if I want them that high. I think I want him above, maybe above Iron Mask, below Lipstick Songstress, or maybe, okay. be, or maybe between Lipstick Songstress and Kabuki Notice. I would, be, if it was just on the strength of the monster himself, I would be with you putting him underneath Lipstick Songstress. But the quality of his episode is so high. Yes, where Daigo just—I said it already. I can't think of a better way to say it. No, man. you know what else you can say is he's punching it so hard, like his chi power. There's like these giant expl- electricity explosions right. as he's punching the hell wall. Yeah, dude. Okay, he is. He's got to be. He's better than Lipstick okay. Songstress. So on the on the power of his episode, he's better than Lipstick. So songstress. he enters the list at number six. Yes. No, I'm sorry. At number four, because number one is the three is stooges the three Stooges sort of together. together. Right. Okay. I think this is going to be our last one, because this actually brings us up through uh, this episode, is 25 yeah, episode 25 of Diamond, right? Which so, is, I don't know, I, I guess 26 is half, but forget about whatever. it. Whatever. This is where we're stopping. So. We've been doing this for over an hour. So, Copy Empress. Copy Empress. She is the one who, she makes duplicates, like evil duplicates of the Tie Rangers, yes. is that right? Now, this is another high quality episode. Yes. Because yes. this is the one that takes advantage of the fact that the actor who plays Kazu has a twin that is also a tokusatsu actor. That's right! I totally forgot about that! So this episode, it's partially like the copy empress herself. Who is, like, she's an evil photocopier lady. Yeah, she she looks kind of dumb, to be honest. Um, her human form is a photographer that tricks the Dire Rangers into standing for a photo shoot in their, like, swimsuits. 
because uh, she finds them at the sweat hotel. Yeah, it's like a gym, I think. Uh, but Kazu be. is busy somewhere else while this is happening. So the other four Dire Rangers all end up with photocopies of themselves. So there's this big Ranger versus Evil Ranger fight with those. And then Kazu gets zapped. And they actually, since the actor has a twin, they're able to do this whole switcheroo. Where, like, the evil Kazu joins up with the good rangers as a mole. Like, they don't get it yet. And there's, like, Kazu is imprisoned, and there's a whole thing where, like, the two Kazus fight, but yes. out of costume. It's so good, you guys. Uh, this, yeah. um, I think... Probably because uh, our friend Nick was on this episode. I think That's right. I think this is our most downloaded episode of Super Sentai Brothers. Nick Nick has some internet pull. Uh, Nick is a big dude. He spends a lot of time. Like, that's his thing. That right. is his... Nick is a professional creative. Nick Douglas, professional internet dude. Uh, you can follow Nick at Too Much Nick. I think that's right, yeah. At, yeah, he's on Twitter at Too Much Nick. He's a real funny dude. You uh, yeah. should go check out his stuff. He has his own podcast. It's called uh, Let's Get Into It. That's right. Super funny stuff. Anyway, so, so this was a great episode. The monster itself was kind of just a method by which they could get to what they wanted to do with the episode. Yeah. Like, she herself is fine. Yeah, she just, she just have a whole lot going on. Like, just based on her own strength, she's kind of middling. I'm going to want to push her up a little above that just based on the strength of the episode. So... And the success of the plan, which was really great. Which was really successful. So definitely above the priestesses. Yep. Um, above or below Iron Mask. Again, Iron Mask is Whoa, this... wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Better than the priestesses? I don't know about that, man. I would put her just under the priestesses. It is a super cool episode. We do get to use Kazu's real-life twin brother, but... And her plan is good, but she's only one for one, around for one episode. Her design isn't that cool. Okay. You I know would, what? I think before we realized that Ring Priestess's face was a ring... I would have... I would have argued harder for Copy Empress to go above. I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, so let's put Copy Empress right underneath the three priestesses. Okay, and that takes us up through... Episode 25 of Die Ranger. Yep. Uh, we're going to stop here. I think next time we're probably going to try to finish Die Ranger, which is going to be the rest of the monsters, which I think we've done more one-off monsters. Yeah. On. Once we get largely to the end, we're a lot more in on the Gurma Commanders right. and Gurma the 15th and all that weird stuff. We'll cover, cover all that. We'll talk about the other best dude in this show. Oh, man. The Demon Jin. Fist. Jin, super excited. Uh, actually, I think we're probably going to be starting with him next time we do this, which it will be in an in indeterminate amount of time. Uh, next we'll time it's going to be real fun. Next time we're able to get together, probably in July. Yeah, it'll be July. So that we can sort of fit it into the episode schedule. Um, you'll, you will see it pop up if you are subscribed, and if you are not subscribed, you'll see it pop up when you look at it. I, yeah. Uh, but for now, <laughs> that is going to do it for another episode of the Super Sentai Brothers before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, please remember, shine in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, that's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. Mark, once again, thank you for producing this. Thanks, Mark. Uh, live and in person. The man himself. Uh... <laughs> Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. <laughs> I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>